0: Hey girlfriends, welcome to another episode of Girlfriends and Goals. We're your hosts, Miosha and Samaria. This podcast is a space where we'll talk about friendships, life goals, a little bit of pop culture, and all things womanhood.
1: All right, so we're going to jump into our first segment, which is called Girlfriend Check-In. We're going to ask a question from the Burn After Writing book, because we've been liking it the last few times we did this segment. And today's question is, if I could choose to stay a certain age forever, it would be. So, Miyosha, what age would you
0: choose to stay forever forever is a long time so you better better love that age Um, okay I'd say if I had to pick one age it would be 33 and I'm not and I'm not even that age yet um so maybe just any time in my early 30s uh a couple of reasons would be I still feel like it's young enough but I do have a lot of life experience as an adult. Okay. Um, you know, you're not too, too young where maybe you haven't just had time to experience certain things. I feel like in your early thirties, you still have pretty good health, you know, in general, if you, you know, have been taking care of yourself, but even if you maybe haven't in your early twenties, I don't, Thinking your 30s will catch up to you just yet. Okay. No, (laughs) that's a a safe estimate. (laughs) Yeah. Like maybe, you know, 40, things start breaking down. But yeah, I definitely say for health. And then I guess this goes along with health too, but being able to have a child or fertility, you know, if you're living for forever, then you may just want the option to continue to have children. I'm not saying that I would but it's still a, what I would consider a viable age where that possibility may be there if you are in good health. And then also just like stability, like many people, not all, but you're kind of past the school phase, unless, you know, you're going to go get a PhD, like Samaria, you might still be in school, but for most people um, I'd say if you did go to school, you may be done at that point and kind of working in your career, or you may have had a career shift by that time, you may actually know what it is that you actually want to do. So,
1: okay. But you came with the reasons, okay. (laughs) (laughs) You would have thought that you had this question way in advance and you were able to think about it because the reasons they just kept coming. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, that, that's cool. I think I would choose 30 and, um, yeah, so hopefully by like the later, I would say like 30, but slightly before 31, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like a little closer to 31. Um, the reason why is not that deep, but my 30th birthday will be my golden birthday Oh, Oh, yeah,
0: you will be 30 on the 30th.
1: Exactly. So I want to give myself a chance to like fully celebrate that. That was really the only reason. But but (laughs) (laughs) after all of your reasons, I mean, I can just retweet because good health, um, fertility, and just like it seems like a more secure age, but also still a fun age. You know, the whole 30s, the new 20s you know, thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think it's a, a really fun age, but also you're taken seriously. I think, mm-hmm. I
0: don't know. I'm not there yet. So we look, I'm see. 30. You better put some respect on my name. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. So interesting that we both picked ages that neither one of us are at yet. That's uh, that So is how do we even know
1: <laughs> when you said, right, how will they know? <laughs> Yeah, I guess we're just figuring. No, well, for me, I, I definitely want to celebrate my th- I'm not going to stay 28 and 29 and never experience my golden birthday. Like, yeah, I have to. So that's yeah, why I- early
0: early 30s is a safe age. I feel like anytime time yeah. in that time range. But who, who knows? So, I might get to 40 and that's that's really it. So that
1: could be it. We also picked ages that are not far from our current ages. So. Maybe that's a sign that we're like satisfied with our lives.
0: Mm. Food for thought. Yeah.
1: All right. So I guess we can hop into today's topic.
0: Yeah. So today's topic is, is it picky or just your preference? So this is a topic that seems to just keep popping up on social media Mm -hmm. where there seems to be, I would just say kind of a battle between are women just being overly picky, or do they just want what they want? Uh-huh. And this conversation seems like it kind of dies down, like it'll blow up, someone will tweet something, and it'll go viral. And then it kind of goes quiet. And then it picks back up like it never left. It's always um, lurking in the back. It, it's always <laughs> lurking in the back where it just seems like women either they feel like they have to explain why they want what they want Mm -hmm. and it's opposing against a group of people who are like, well, you're just wanting too much.
1: Right. It's always (laughs) that you're wanting too much. So I guess just in, in line with that, my first question would be, have you been called picky and what do you think people mean when they say someone is picky?
0: So no, I haven't been called picky directly to my face. (laughs)
1: or would they be talking
0: (laughs) I'm just kidding streets is talking yeah so I can't say that I've gotten that feedback from any of my friends or just people in general but I do think that that could just be because I'm not as vocal about what I'm looking for and what I want I don't even know if you and I have gone into great detail about that So so I think that could just be it where I just maybe haven't share it in great detail, or it's a conversation that I'm having frequently. Um, yeah. And then as far as what people mean by it, it's where people think that, you you know, you have your list of requirements or what you want. Um, and if it's very detailed, or if they think that you're looking for a unicorn, <laughs> something that's not readily available, or they themselves just aren't confident that you could find what you're looking for, then they'll label you as picky.
1: Yeah. Or if it's something that they could never get. Cause you know, like sometimes like people can only
0: imagine,
1: unfortunately, like as far as they see themselves, it Mm -hmm. seems. And so I think that kind of plays a role into it. Like, oh, well, I, I wouldn't want that. So you shouldn't want it. Or I wouldn't want that, that. Right. I couldn't get that. So there's no way you can. And I'm not saying they do that intentionally. I think it's just human nature for some humans.
0: Yeah. And you've said this in a previous episode where people are giving advice or feedback based off of their own life experiences. Yeah. And what they know to be true. And so that they can only give you what they have. So, yes.
1: Also, just to the point of you um, never really going into detail with what you're looking for, I think also you were in uh, like a serious relationship kind of younger. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it would have been appropriate <laughs> for you to be like, oh, this is what I want when you have a whole person there. Because um, then people would be like, oh, well, is she not getting that in the relationship? <laughs> or, you know, I, so I think. There's like an etiquette that you had to adhere to, which you did. So I think that might've played a
0: role. And I also think that the things that I was looking for and that I wanted, and this is just because be a really big assumption at the time, I didn't think I was looking for anything that would deem me as being too picky or something that was out of the norm to even really talk about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, As far as being called picky, I have been called picky. But um, interestingly enough, the so I would say two times I've been like called it. And one time someone was like, oh, make sure you're not being too picky. So one time it wasn't necessarily, oh, you are this. It was someone trying to give me, I guess, a warning. I I don't know what the advice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the goal was with that, but um, because like you, I don't talk to a lot of people about like preferences and stuff. You have to be extremely close to me to even know that. But um, the other two times I've like asked, oh, like, what do you mean by that? Because, you know, I want some insight. And it seemed like the people meant it like in a you're selective, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing but the word picky itself has such a negative connotation that for me i'm like oh well what do you mean by that you know mm-hmm. ready to get my my boxing gloves out <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like um yeah so the thing is if you're dating and possibly looking for a life partner why wouldn't you be selective you know and i'm not saying like unnecessarily so like oh This person has to drive a, a, I don't know, what what's a good car? (laughs) You know, I don't know anything. (laughs) A Ford. That's shut up. up. (laughs) Not a Ford. (laughs) Um, a Maserati. But yeah, nothing like that. But definitely as far as the characteristics go, Mm -hmm. I think it is important to be selective, especially if you are very like self-aware. And you know, okay, this is not gonna work out for me, Um, yeah, this is within reason. So yeah, it it was interesting because picky has such a negative connotation, but it seemed like those people were just saying, oh, you're selective. Not that it's a bad thing, but it just is what it is. Or maybe they did mean it in a bad way and me asking them to break it down was their way to chicken out, I don't know, but.
0: (laughs) when. When you asked them what they meant by that, I guess before you asked that and before they said, well, make sure you're not being too picky. Did you go into detail or tell them what you're looking for? Like what prompted not to get too far off on a tangent, but was it just random or was it, Hey girl, what are you looking for? Mm -hmm. What are your, you know, top things that you want?
1: yeah so these comments actually did not come from women they came from men who Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah they came from men who know me well enough to say that and so I think that's why I was like what does that mean to you like why why would you use that word and so um, you know, that's when I like asked and mm-hmm. they would explain, like, oh, you want this and you know, like you want this out of a, a person or you want mm-hmm. that out of a person. And um, like you should want these things. But yeah, so so there were men uh who were like within my age group, but like close enough to me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yosha was like, "Why, why are men?" <laughs> that's that was the, the expression on her face. Like, why are why are they why are the men folk <laughs>
0: talking? I mean, because that's a whole nother conversation in itself of around like men and their they they're able to have their list and the things that they want.
1: Yes, but these men aren't like that. So okay. I'm a person who like wouldn't if these were people who um, weren't like good people, solid mm-hmm. people saying this to me, I would have never asked. Oh, what do you mean by that? Because okay. I don't
0: usually care yeah, about. You wouldn't care.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think that's why I asked was because okay. they're like decent human beings. And I don't even think they realized how it feels to hear that as a woman. So I think that's why they used that word, Mm -hmm. but it was immediately when I asked it, it was like, okay, maybe I need to find another way to say this instead of that word, because y'all don't know what it's like out here for the women folk to hear that.
0: Yeah. So speaking of, they don't know how it is, you know, for women, Mm -hmm. how do you think society, or it could be family or friends, as you mentioned the two People are, you know, the men that are close to you that gave you the feedback. How do you think they perceive women who are vocal about their preferences?
1: I think society probably labels them as picky. It's almost like society, and I can only address this as a a Black woman because that's, those are the shoes Mm -hmm. that I feel. (laughs) But I think there's this weird attempt a lot of times to like humble Black women online. Like, you might say, oh, this is what I want. And you'll see people coming back with stuff like, oh, well, you're not this enough. You're not cute enough to have this requirement or this preference. You're not successful enough to want this. Like, it's the whole thing of, oh, if if you want to, I don't know, what do they call them? High value men. I'm sorry. Oh, girl. I, I don't even want to use that term. Actually, scratch it. I'll find another way to say it. But if you want a man who makes this much money, then you also have to make that much money. It's like, no, like that's not how things work. But when you're a Black woman, it seems like people, it's easier for them to try to humble you and label you negatively Mm -hmm. um, and then start to like tear apart your preferences and say why you're not worth the things that you want. So I think that's how society handles Black women who are vocal about their preferences.
0: Yeah, even if it's not something that really should be torn down or picked apart, like I was telling you the whole B. Simone thing, where I think people really, I don't even know if they really read or heard what she said. It was like, she said something that I think, had she not been a public figure online or on Twitter and said it, I think if people heard it in person, They'd be like, "Oh, that makes sense to want to make entrepreneur like yourself." Yeah, but because she is who she is, and she said it on the platform that she did, it was like this quick jump to like tear her down for wanting someone who has a similar lifestyle. To yeah, her. she didn't mention anything about money or anything, but it was like, "Oh no, you shouldn't want that."
1: Right, and then they turned it into, "Oh, she thinks something's wrong with people who." live a life opposite of her. And that was never what she said. And this isn't like to defend because we don't know her, Yeah, but that's just not what she said. And I don't think like it should have turned into that big of a thing where people were literally dragging her for a preference that kind of makes sense. Like on the last episode, you were saying something about like the city girl lifestyle. And it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, you, most people who are entertainers, they end up with other people in the entertainment business because the lifestyles are similar. And I think that's kind of what she was getting to. Mm -hmm. But, you know, people didn't even give her a chance (laughs) to to
0: get there. Yeah. So what do you have any thoughts on family or friends? And what they think about being picky? Yeah. You know, (sighs) (laughs) or how they perceive, you know, women who are vocal about their preferences.
1: Yeah. So I think Anytime that I've voiced my preferences to family and close friends, um, usually just people who are close to me, they're like, "Huh, I can see that." It's always been a supportive thing, so I don't know how other. I'm sure other people's families are, and there there are probably people in my family who, if I sat down with them and said, "Hey, this is kind of what I'm interested in," they might say something like, mm, that's not mandatory though. You just want X, Y, Z, kind of like how we talked about the generational thing. You know, a lot of older women might think, "Oh, these aren't things that are necessary. You just need someone who is a good provider or whatever." And so, I think like there might be those people among family and friends who might think that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for the most part, personally, because I only talked to a handful of people about this type of stuff, there's been support. Do you mm-hmm. think like there? was a different response in your family or your friends not for you necessarily but how you've seen them react to other people's um, preferences so
0: yeah I can't say in my family or close friends directly but what I have seen is kind of a like damned if you do or if you don't type of reaction when women vocalize their preferences or if they have or if they're perceived as being picky. Um, It's like people will be quick to judge you if they feel like you're not with an ideal candidate. And it could be for different reasons, looks, money, education, whatever whatever they may deem as not as ideal. Mm -hmm. But then if you're single, because you do have certain preferences or certain things that you're looking for, then it's your fault. So it's like- kind of this opposing thing that I think some women have to deal with with their friends and family it's like yeah 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 we if you're with this person that's not ideal well why you with him girl or and they may not even be as vocal or they may not even know the person too like you know that that sometimes they do just from what they can see (laughs) like oh well are you sure you want to be with him people get comfortable. They start voicing their opinions about who you're dating and who you're with. But then if you're perpetually single, then it's like, well, why you ain't got a man? And oh, it's because your list is too long, girl.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's one thing that I don't get. And I wish we could just kill all together This whole blaming thing, like, oh, um, you have a bad attitude. That's why you don't have a man. Do you know that there are women out here who have the worst attitudes who, you know, still have spouses? So that's, probably not it you know they just found someone who was willing to put up with it or they you know they might not be that way in their relationship or whatever the case might be but like this whole you know oh this is the reason why you're single or you're never gonna not be single if you keep doing this and it's like there are so many people who have those characteristics who are so I think you know maybe find a different way of saying that like if the person has a bad ass, you just say hey can you watch your attitude? Like it doesn't have to be, this is why your status is the way it is now. Cause that's Mm -hmm. just not true.
0: Yeah. And it just comes across as if you think you're all knowing, which you ain't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Another thing I've seen too, is where women, I could see where they've been encouraged by family, especially if you're in a part of a family where marriage or long-term partnership is very important where they've been encouraged to ignore or downplay certain things mm. just, just so that they can be married or be partnered. Yeah. Um, and if they don't, then, you know, the family members are like, "Oh, well, well you're expecting way too much or they'd rather them put the things that are really important to them to the side, just so that they can be married and partnered.
1: Yeah. It's such a, a delicate balance of, oh, you're actually expecting too much um, versus, oh, you just have a vision for your life that you want, you know? And it's kind of hard to differentiate sometimes. Um, so yeah, like what's a shallow preference and what's not a shallow preference? So for mm-hmm. you, do you think Like, what are some things that you think would be shallow preferences? Things where it's like, okay, if this is the only reason why you're not dating this particular person, maybe that's not the hugest of deals.
0: Yeah. So for me, I'd say hobbies, things like movie preferences, are you into sports or not? If you do or don't like to eat certain types of foods... Yeah, those to me, those are more shallow because I think that if both people are respectful and understanding of the other person, maybe not being into those things, then you can be in a healthy long term relationship if you just aren't aligned on those things. To me, that's shallow. Um, But I will say, though, that I think if you are aligned on those things, that it can make your experience within that relationship different. Because I like that it, you said different and not like better or richer or anything like that, but different. Yeah, it's, it's like how two people can date the same person, but just experience it differently because you may or may not align on certain things because we're all different. So my experience with this person may have been different from the previous person, just simply... It could be something as simple as, oh, we're both into horror movies or yeah, this person likes Pepsi and I like Coke or (laughs) like those things are small, but it could just change the experience or how you're experiencing that person in your time with them.
1: You're right. Cause I have this friend who's into like, um, horoscopes. And so she can tell you her sun, moon, and what's, is there a third one? What's the third one? Sun, moon, and water. (laughs) signs as you can see I do not know anything about this but um so like she was telling me like mine and I was like oh okay like it was very interesting to hear but she was like you know I know you're probably not interested in this stuff but just humor me and I did because that's my friend that conversation if she would have had it with a friend who happened to be interested in those things would have gone completely differently but it doesn't mean that the friend who's into that stuff is a better friend or a more suitable friend than I am just because I'm not interested in that so I think you make a valid point of we can be into different things and still make stuff work because we do that with our friendships we do that with our family members and you kind of just have to um, learn to be okay (laughs) with the differences
0: or you know over time you know you may find that maybe not your Maybe not that you're just as interested, but you become accustomed to having exposure to it or. Yeah, you can tolerate it. <laughs> yeah, it's not as big of a deal. So what about you?
1: Uh, so for me, a shallow preference is anything that could change, maybe not anything that can change, but things like, oh, I have an iPhone, this person has an Android, like, Eventually this person could get an iPhone. It's not that big of a deal. And even if they don't ever, it's not a priority to have a blue bubble show up when you text, you know? Um, So I think those types of things that can be changed easily Mm -hmm. are shallow preferences. Uh, Phones can be changed, but like character cannot. So anything that's easily replaced
0: is a shallow,
1: shallow preference.
0: Yeah, so that made me think of certain things that I've heard women and men say about kind of what they're looking for in a partner, and when you said something that's easily replaceable or something that can easily change, it made me think about how people have pretty vocal, I'd say, preferences. I won't say that they're being picky, about people's physical appearances
1: Hmm.
0: and it's always interesting to me um obviously my perspective is maybe a little bit different because I am married but it's always interesting to me when I hear people who are like very very stringent about the physical appearance and very specific and just from what I've seen if you've been with a person for I'd say probably more than three to five years They their physical appearance probably will change. Will they get shorter or taller? Probably not, but they may gain weight, lose weight, have long hair, short hair, blonde hair. (laughs) They may change their style of dressing. And so I was just thinking how some of those things are sometimes shallow to me. Uh It just depends on how detailed it is. I could definitely understand if you're really into fitness, you may want someone who's you know, on that same energy. Yeah. Um, but if it does shift or change for whatever life reason, um, you know, hopefully there's more there so that, you know, something that was a really strong preference of yours that you maybe wouldn't just throw the relationship completely away. Yeah. A person could wake up and decide, Hey, I'm going to cut my hair and
1: yeah, you, um, with this question, I was thinking about like fashion sense. So like you might meet someone and their fashion sense just isn't where you want it to be. I mean, I guess with some people, I can see it being a big deal. Like if you work in the fashion industry and fashion is your life, maybe then that's like a a thing. And you know, perhaps you need to have a conversation, like, hey, can we go shopping together? <laughs> but <laughs> that's something that can change, you know, over time too. Like they might understand how to put colors together better and you know or they might be colorblind like there's this story (laughs) I had this guy in my class who said like he got dressed one day and went out to this event and to him he thought he had on like I think like a black shirt um some khakis and something else anyway it turns out he thought like it was black but it was blue so he had like paired it with a jacket that just did not go but to him it was like oh it's a black jacket it's a blue shirt and then like after I think a year or so he actually found out he was colorblind and so like other people who might have been like oh he's cute I want to talk to him but his fascist is off like he he just needed some help with his colors you know
0: (laughs) you know I feel like I heard that, like, men see colors differently than women.
1: Like, they don't see the shades?
0: Yeah, they don't see the shades. Well, one, there's a higher likelihood of them being colorblind versus women. Really? hmm And then, two, I've just noticed this in my own life. Like, men, they see shades of color different.
1: I want to Google that. Colorblindness yeah. in men. <laughs>
0: I don't know, and also maybe they're just not as detailed when it comes to colors. But I really do think that they see color different than women.
1: Okay, so it does say red-green color blindness is more common in men, but red-green that that covers quite a few shades. Mm -hmm. Like, cause pink would be a shade of red, kind of. So, Mm -hmm.
0: and then green can dabble into blue to yellow to like, that's a wide range. Interesting. We learned something. <laughs> Listen to the girlfriends and goals podcast where you can learn random facts about colorblindness. <laughs> so, so speaking of men and you know, how they're different. Uh-huh. Do you think that there's a different perception of men who have preferences versus women who have preferences?
1: A thousand percent. Um, okay. So maybe I shouldn't say like all men. But men who have some success and when I say some success, I don't even mean like millionaire. I just, you know, someone who went to college and got a decent job, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's that's those men who are considered kind of successful are given a lot more grace with their preferences than women who have the same qualifications but dare to have preferences, you know, like, and also they don't need an explanation for why they prefer something. Mm -hmm. They can just say, oh, I want somebody who looks like this or who has hair like this. And nobody's like, oh, well, what do you offer? I mean, maybe like women might question it if they say it on the internet or something, but in regular life, people are just like, oh, that's fine. But you know, dare a woman say that, oh, I have this preference, or I want somebody who looks like this or acts like this they I think people again it goes back to that whole humbling thing but people want an explanation for why that woman thinks she deserves that and it's like we don't have to earn stuff all the time you know so Mm -hmm. yeah I don't think men have to earn their right to have preferences and I think a lot of times society makes it that women have to
0: yeah to piggyback off that I think women, specifically very successful women, not even just celebrity status, but same college educated, makes a certain amount of money, has has certain character, uh, moral values, because it's not just about the material things. Mm -hmm. But I think very successful women, I think they kind of have it the worst. um, Because I feel like she could be at the top of her game, in every area or beyond, right? She could be like black girl magic on steroids and still be told to girl, just give them a chance. Yes, men aren't
1: required to settle.
0: Right, and if she doesn't, then she's seen as the problem, confrontational, um, not understanding. And I don't think that men experience this nearly as much but on the flip side, and, and we only we can only reference celebrities because I don't think either one of us maybe has seen this close up. Mm-hmm. But when these women who are celebrities at the top of their game, if they do get with some guy and it doesn't work out and maybe they didn't have X, Y, Z, everyone's like, well, you shouldn't have been with them in the first place. yeah. That's so that kind of goes back to the damned if you do, or if you don't, mm-hmm. um, I was going to ask you, why do you think that is? I have kind of explored this thought in my head, not in great detail, but I just yeah. wanted to open up just to see if you've thought about why it's so different from men and women. The patriarchy.
1: <laughs> 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 I mean, probably. Yeah. I,
0: I think that 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 could be part of it
1: but no I haven't thought about it in
0: great detail so I'd love to hear what you have to say (laughs) yeah so my thoughts are kind of all over the place on this one I think because men are in the position of choosing Mm -hmm. now I'm not saying that we as women are just you know saying yes to anybody and that we have no say so but we're kind of in the queue or we're kind of in the waiting room to a certain extent, and when you're in that dating phase, I don't know many women who are proposing or asking guys out. I mean, I know we see this, you know, on Twitter and Instagram. You yes, know. and please stop it. <laughs> don't do it. Sis. But I don't think that that's the majority of what's happening. God, I in, hope not in real life. <laughs> but. I think it's just because we're the men are choosing. So they feel, well, if I'm the one choosing and having to ask and there's these different expectations, even if you're at the top of the game, your game, and you feel like you're do all these um, preferences, I'm still the one in the lead and asking. so you should just take with you what you can get. The other thing is it kind of goes back to childhood with when you see little boys and little girls, little boys, I think, are encouraged to go after everything you want. The world is yours. You're a natural born leader. Mm. Just the verbiage that's being used. um, I think it's just it starts from a young age where they're being ingrained to See the world as their oyster and that anything is possible, just basically, ba- just based off the simple fact that you're going to be a man. Yeah. Versus little girls. I don't, I'm not saying I've never heard that. I think it's more recent where I hear mothers and fathers being very intentional when they're raising their children, I mean, their daughters to, you know, know that they can go for anything and be anything. And you don't have to settle. I think I've seen that recently, but I've definitely seen a difference in what's being encouraged and ingrained in little boys versus little girls. So when we grow up, it's kind of of no surprise that the men are like, I can have whatever I want. Yeah. And the little girls are like, well, I'll take what I can get because you may have family or friends who have kind of reinforced that way of thinking even from a young age. That's
1: interesting. As you were talking, even before you mentioned the, the parent thing, I was thinking this is one of the reasons why I love my father so much uh, because growing up, it was never, oh, okay, well you have to like do these specific things. It was just, you just have to exist. Like <laughs> you want this? Okay, cool, let's do it. Um, <laughs> my poor dad went out and bought like a a sewing machine one time I was like oh I'm gonna be a fashion designer (laughs) and he went and we picked out you know a nice little sewing machine when I tell you I don't think I've made anything on that machine I went to like two sewing classes he even had my grandma come down to like show me how to use it and everything and it just it was an interest that died down but <laughs> yeah so I, I do think it's important and I am happy to see that that's something that's happening now a lot more because you know the future is female mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, but to what you were saying I think another thing is that like you notice how women it seems like society thinks women can't be single by preference like if you're like, oh, I'm just doing me, I'm just out here, they're like, oh, it's because nobody wants her. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I think that's the most ludicrous thing ever. But yeah, I, I have noticed that where it's like, dang, can
0: she just have the purpose to be single right now? It's always, oh, she didn't get chose. Like, but then these same people, if you jump from relationship to relationship and you don't take a break, where are they? In the peanut gallery talking about oh dang girl you you sure you don't want to break take time for yourself and I think that I I don't necessarily
1: know anybody who's like this but I this is the effect that I think it can, can have it prevents people from wanting to talk about like what their preferences are and which could potentially be helpful for them to talk about it and just like see what feedback they can get from trusted people on Mm -hmm. it, but it it kind of prevents them because they don't want to seem like, oh, I have this desire that I might never be able to attain uh, because everybody keeps saying that I should just settle for whatever is out there. Uh, So, yeah.
0: Yeah. So do you think that there is a time where you should drop your preferences when they're like shallow, like the iPhone, Android thing, I
1: absolutely think so. But also, um, like when it comes to like more serious things, I think there can be times like you might meet someone who meets like the most important requirements, but maybe his height isn't what you wanted it to be. And so I think in that case, for me, which I'm a very short Lady, so maybe this opinion doesn't matter for uh, like my friend who say like five eleven, but um, I think in that case maybe that's a time to consider it and decide. Okay, if this person is caring, if they are, you know, supportive, they listen to me, um, they ride for me, you know. <laughs> like if if this person has all those great qualities. Is him being five, six, a huge deal breaker?
0: Yeah. So I'm going to go the opposite on this one. What? Are you going to challenge me? <laughs> challenge, challenge, challenge. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say no. I think at that point, you just need to evaluate, is this preference, is it just a preference or is it a deal breaker? So this is where self-reflection and you just taking time to really understand what you want Uh and prioritizing, I think comes into play because something that may be really shallow, you know, what's shallow can change depending on the person and just where you Uh are in life. And so you just need to take that time to see like, okay, is this really a deal breaker? Because I don't. I wouldn't encourage anyone to get with a person and use the example of height, but it could really be anything where you, you're trying to convince yourself that it's not as big of a deal as it is for you. And (laughs) yeah, it's, I mean, I don't think that that would be any good for you or the other person. So I'd say no and just prioritize and If you create a priority list and it just falls down, then maybe it is something that you could look past. But you'd need to figure that out probably in the early stages of dating or yeah, whatever you're doing with that person. But it's a fine line of not trying to convince yourself because, like you said in that example of height, we're both short, so neither one of us I think have have ever really ran into that, but. Most of my friends are tall, are taller than me and I don't think height would be a shallow thing if they didn't want to be with someone who was three inches shorter than them. If they, if they, I don't want to see them trying to convince themselves that, oh yeah, this guy being three inches shorter than me, isn't a big deal. If it is a big deal to you, that's okay. That's really sweet.
1: I, I think that's very uh, encouraging. I was reading uh, on, under the comments on Instagram. So there was this influencer who um, is Liberian. Yay, shout out to LIB. But uh, she had an incident with um, her ex and someone left a comment and was saying, oh, next time, you know, like try dating outside of your race to like include, to like increase your, your chances. And um, I guess of of finding a good partner or I don't, I don't know, Mm -hmm. but I remember thinking, oh, that's not necessarily uh, your call to make. That's not your advice to give, you know, you don't know how important that is to that person. And Mm -hmm. I think like, yeah. So I think, especially when it comes to race, like as black women, I think that's, A very sensitive thing, Um, and I don't think it's an invalid concern to have. Like when Lauren on Love Is Blind was like, "Oh, this is something that I'm considering. Like, do I want to continue with Cameron?" Love Love Is Blind is a show on Netflix, by the way. But um, you know, I don't know if this is something I want to pursue with Cameron because he's of a different race, and I don't know how I feel about that. Ultimately, she decided to like marry him and you know they have like a YouTube channel they're all over social media and they're very cute but if someone if she had decided hey this is not something that I want that I see for my future I think that would have been perfectly fine considering the history so this person's comment just made me cringe a little bit because I'm like you don't know if she wants to deal with certain things that could come with dating interracially
0: mm-hmm. yeah and love and bl- love is blind like obviously she didn't know until after the fact yeah um which seeing them after the show I'm very happy for them and I'm glad that she went forward with it because what I was thinking was well worst case scenario she just decides that she doesn't want to do it. And, you know, she divorces them or leaves them or whatever. But I was actually very pleasantly surprised um, that she moved forward. Yeah. Um, And yeah, you're right. They're so cute. So since you're, you're giving all this good advice today,
1: (laughs) 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 just today, no other time. No, I'm just kidding. But um, (laughs) what, would you say to young women who are kind of fearful of being called picky?
0: Yeah. Well, the first thing is, and maybe this just comes with age, you know, people are going to do and say things about you. So you may have to develop some thick skin around, you know, making life decisions and considering what people are going to think and feel Mm. like, you know, it's your life and. You don't want to wake up at 70 living a life that someone else has orchestrated.
1: Dang, 70. <laughs> you waited a long time.
0: <laughs> if you're at hey, 70. I mean, on a more serious note, I'd say if you're at the point of dating for marriage, I think you should view each potential suitor through the marriage lens. You don't want to spend a lifetime, as I said earlier, trying to convince yourself, you know, something isn't as big of a deal of, is what it actually is. Um, if it's something that you can genuinely move past, I think that that's great. But if not, then I think that, that thing that you think is picky is really actually a deal breaker. Um, no one's going to be in the relationship or in the marriage for you. And if you are like most people, when you do you know, partner long-term, you probably want to do it forever. So you just have to be confident in realizing that no one else is living your life for you when you're partnered. So they may call you picky. They may try to convince you that it's your fault as to why you're still single, which being single isn't a negative thing. It's not a bad thing. It's not really their place to call you picky. But if you if they do, then like Samaria did, you know, maybe if you really value their opinion, ask them if they can give you more information or explain why my experience is that most women are, I don't want to say looking for the same things. But if you read down some of the attributes, we're talking character, morals, not going to get into the physical things and all of that but I think most women are just looking for a good person and if that and if this person is calling you picky for certain character things morals lifestyle really who that person is at their core then you may want to reevaluate if you know Really, if that person should be commenting on how you are or what you're doing with your life. Yes, you better preach on today. Oh,
1: um, <laughs> uh, so I think it's worthwhile to do a lot of self-reflection to see, you know, hey, am I being a little too harsh on potential suitors? um or are these things that I, you know, want, are these preferences actually valid? So like in the example with the the people who I named, who um, said the whole picky thing, those things came down to just certain values that I have. And so at the end of it, they had to be like, you know what, like, I think you should have those values. I don't think that's a bad thing. You just also have to realize, okay, everybody's not going to meet those particular standards and that's okay too. Um, So yeah, I think a lot of self-reflection is necessary. I don't think it's wrong to ask yourself, hey, am I being too picky? Uh, Just because you always wanna be aware, you know? and talk to some trusted people about it. Maybe not everybody. You have to be very selective um, about, you gotta be picky about who you talk to about being picky (laughs) because (laughs) people have you out here with their janky values and you don't want that. Uh, So yeah, reflect on what you absolutely want and absolutely need in order for you to be comfortable in like that type of relationship. I think don't sacrifice the character of the person in, in fear of other people calling you picky. So if these are like fundamental character things, like don't feel like, oh, well, if I don't want him to talk to me a certain way, is that being too picky? Cause we're all human. No, cause no, nobody should be talking to you <laughs> any kind of way that is actually unacceptable. Um, and then, This goes to what Miosha was saying too, like trust your intuition because if you're trying to convince yourself, oh, it's okay that this person is this thing, then it's not. Um, For example, you might say, oh, I only wanna date somebody from this particular country, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe a country that you're from. Um, I'll use me as an example, not that this is true, but oh, I'm Liberian. I only wanna date someone who is Liberian if Mm -hmm. I meet someone who's like amazing, but is not from the same country, then I have to decide, okay, is this something that I can let go of? Is it something I'm going to have to over time convince myself is, you know, the right thing to do or am I comfortable with it? And so you just have to trust like what you want for your life and
0: move forward with that. You know, you know, one thing I was just thinking about, Mm -hmm. I watched the show was it called indian matchmaker oh yeah Netflix? i don't know what it was called but it was about matchmaking yeah, yeah it was about indian matchmaking and you know on that show they just show how detailed they are in terms of like aligning the couple mm-hmm. and i guess it would be the more so just like making sure that they're aligned on certain things and it's very very detailed um So I don't think that you wanting a person that's aligned with you as much as possible or aligned to what you want or what you're looking for. Like, I think that's part of what can make a relationship very successful versus like you getting paired with someone who you're not aligned with, or you don't have as much in common, not to say that you won't last, but you want to enjoy the relationship and You'll probably be together for a very long time if you are aligned. Yeah, and, and you're getting what you want. That person's getting what they want versus, yeah, i'm I'm really only getting like fifty percent of what I want. Well, you can't be surprised if so many years into it if that fifty percent just isn't enough for you anymore. Yeah.
1: And culture, just because you brought up the Indian matchmaking thing, culture is really important. So for example, if you're um, like a, a, a Black American mm-hmm. and like, you know, Black culture is really important to you, you might not want to um, date the the African immigrant who isn't as well-versed or not interested in learning about Black culture here. Yes. Um, yeah, I think that could be potentially
0: a huge (laughs) like deal breaker. So yeah, those are things to consider, especially, you know, and this is taking a different route, but you know, you're, you're marrying into a very different family. Yeah. And that comes Mm -hmm. with its own set of your shenanigans (laughs) challenge.
1: Okay, cool. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the Girlfriends and Goals podcast. If you haven't already subscribed, please go ahead and do that now and check out our other episodes. Also, if you love what you heard, make sure to leave us a five star review. And of course, our time together does not have to end here. You've heard our thoughts on this topic. But we'd love to hear your thoughts as well. So make sure you follow us on Instagram at Girlfriends and Goals Podcast, where we'll continue this conversation throughout the next week. Until next time, bye. Bye. bye.